Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hello and welcome to The Promise Land, a show all about Manchester United and part of the 90 Min Podcast Network. I'm Scott Saunders, joined as ever by Rob Blanchett. Rob, how are you doing in this international break? We're at the very start of it, so... Still, no Man United football. Oh, we were saying, weren't we, how boring and dull it is. So, yes, we have to do these things because international football is part of the wider calendar. But, oh, my God, it, it's like a sponge that soaks the joy out of the world, I feel, and then kind of disappears. So we'll try and do our best today and talk some Manchester United things. Yes, we will. Uh, I'll get into what we're going to do in a second. I'll just run through uh, exactly how you can subscribe, first of all. Wherever you get your podcast, you can subscribe, Apple, Google, Spotify, and the likes. And we should be back on Tuesdays and Fridays moving forward for the foreseeable future. Head over to the YouTube channel, The Promised Land, and Manchester United podcast, I believe is the long uh, YouTube channel name that you'll have to search for. You can find us. Subscribe, join the community, leave a comment on this show, uh, hit the like button as well. And if you want to subscribe on audio, you can search the same name uh, on any of those audio platforms I just mentioned. So please do that as well, if you haven't already. You can follow us on Twitter too, at underscore Scott Saunders, at underscore Rob underscore B, and at Promise and MU. You may notice if you're watching on YouTube today, I'm in a different location. Uh, so apologies uh, if my sound isn't as crisp as usual, but I'm in the Nighty Min studio. We're going to do a show uh, around 11 o'clock this morning. We're recording this on Tuesday morning, uh, ahead of what is going to be a long, long international break. And we thought, what can we do? What can we do? And there's, as it turns out, there's a few, like there's a Bruno Fernandes interview that's doing the rounds. There's a few different things, uh, some transfer speculation involving Antoine Griezmann. Rob, do you want to do a line on that just before we get into anything? Griezmann has been linked with United for like the 80 millionth time. What do you think? It feels very Spanish press. And what do I mean by that? I think when things are going on in Spain between football clubs, so in this case with Griezmann, it's Barcelona and Atletico, then Manchester United's name pops up in the middle of it because suddenly, who could buy this player? So United did have uh, interest in Griezmann in the years gone by. That was absolutely for sure. Whether they'd want this Griezmann now, not so sure. <laughs> yeah, I don't think this was going to happen. Although uh, it's a weird contract situation with him and Atletico Madrid and mm. Barcelona at the moment. But we'll see how that plays out. United should stay the hell away. Because uh, that's not the right move, I don't think, at this time. But uh, they do have a lot of decisions to make on transfers and contracts over the next year. So that's what, that's the direction we're going to take today's show. Uh, in 2023, there are, I believe, nine first-team players out of contract at, at Old Trafford. So Phil Jones, Axel Twenzebe, Diogo Dallo, Marcus Rashford, Luke Shaw, Cristiano Ronaldo, David De Gea, Tom Heaton, and Fred are the players who are out of contract. And most of them actually have a year's option because that's what United do. I don't know if there's any other clubs who put that in their contracts, but uh, United seem to be alone on that sense. I think eight of the nine do have the option to trigger an extension of a further year. Uh, But what we're going to do on today's show is just run through those players as it stands and we'll decide what are United going to do with them. Do they let them go this summer? Do they renew their contract completely? Do they trigger the extension and then let them go 
at a later date or maybe make a different decision at a later date. Uh, that's a lot of players, Rob. This could be the, the year that the squad remodel really, really takes shape. Yeah, it's a lot of players. And I think, according to Manchester United fans, obviously all Man United players are not particularly good, so let's get rid of them when at the end of their contracts. And certainly not how this football club operates. They do like to negotiate these things. As you said, one of the only clubs that really put this extra year into most deals so they can stay in control of it, so they can you know just trigger the player and keep them an extra year. It's not really the cleverest thing to do, but this just seems to be an old Ed Woodward thing going back over many, many seasons. So, yeah, it's interesting because I think we're now seeing, aren't we, like I said before the show, that if we'd done this contract special, say, six, seven, eight games ago or at the start of the campaign after, say, Brentford, we could have done Brentford and we'd have been saying, all go, get out, get them out of the football club, go and buy brand new players. But I think we are starting to see under Ten Hag a few of these individuals starting to perform again. And it's now at the very beginning of that, isn't it? If they want to earn new contracts, they're going to get the opportunity to do that. Yeah, they shouldn't give new contracts out just like that, should they? No. They, do, they do need, even now it's still too early, but we're looking to get ahead of the curve a little bit. Because uh, yeah. I don't know if United actually announced these contracts when they've or announced that they've triggered the extensions. I think that comes out through, uh, through the press. But uh, we'll run through all of these players, decide what to do with them uh, one by one today. Mm-hmm. And I guess we'll start off with Phil Jones. Well, <sighs> Uh, not not actually made the 25-player Premier League squad. Mm. Is this the end? It is the end. Absolutely bona fide, 100% the end for Phil Jones. Um, I still think that Phil Jones, considering what he's been through the last few years with his injuries, how things have gone, there's a ton of disrespect towards him, especially from United fans. But I also get why fans don't really want to be invested in this stuff. They look at a player earning a wage who's not, playing at all not useful what do I always say my catchphrase is a player useful to you at a football club well Phil Jones isn't so he's been left out now of that of that squad to even be able to play and feature and I think that's really Ten Hag's moniker there showing that he's in charge this player is no use to me you will be leaving the football club at the first opportunity do you remember when he signed that contract extension (laughs) yes I do. <laughs> that, that, that is an example, a classic Man United example of wanting to protect the value of players who have no value. Yeah. And like and... a fear factor, a fear factor of losing deals. Like, you know, did, did we lose that transfer? Did we win that transfer? Manchester United as a football club is obsessed with that kind of stuff. So I think with Phil Jones, you've got to remember that before the injuries, he was still very much a valid part of the squad. Even when he was maybe getting injured now and then and it, it wasn't particularly good. You could see, you know, he kind of he went to a World Cup and he went. He was in the England squad still, and he was actually, he was still useful just about. But it was that tipping point, wasn't it? Of like, should you really be giving this player a new deal now? And I think the truth is, the answer to that is no. Ed, don't give that player a new deal because now you're stuck with it. It's a little bit like the Eric Bailly situation, isn't it? Eric Bailly doesn't play games for you. You give him a contract, then you loan him out, and it's like makes no sense at all. Yeah, I mean, I remember at the time, I think it was back in 2019, like early 2019, when Jones was given that extra contract. And he wasn't mm. even playing at the time then. No, he was very if, much in and out. Yeah, yeah. even if, if you want like a, a summary of how awfully United have approached transfer renewals and con- contract renewals over the last few years, that is the classic example. Mm. He has a, a one-year extension trigger in his contract, but I think the writing's on the wall for him. He's not been named in the squad. I think this is a... 
a perfect opportunity to get... Uh, he is a high-earning player in comparison to how much time he plays, uh, how much time he spends on the pitch. Getting rid of that wage and reinvesting it elsewhere is probably what's needed. So, unfortunately, this might be the final season for Phil Jones at Old Trafford. Once said... What, what did Alex Ferguson say about him once? That he was... Uh... He, the next kind of Duncan Edwards was the was the kind of thing at the time. But do you know what? I, I did a piece on that at the time. It was a long time ago now, and I kind of understood what Fergie meant. I really did. It's like it's not that he he was Duncan Edwards. Like of course he wasn't. It was more of a case that his kind of positional uh, variance of what he could do from defence and into midfield meant that he could kind of play six or seven positions. And people always forget now because of this checkered past for him is that when he was a kid and was 17, 16, 15, he was the hottest player in the northwest of England, hotter than Wayne Rooney, right? So this is what people, they forget because this is the, the thing, isn't it? And this is why United picked him up from Blackburn. And don't forget his first season, man, United won the league and he was astonishing. He was brilliant. Played right back, left back, defensive midfield, centre back, up top, did everything. It was like, and that was why the Duncan Edwards thing was mentioned. But of course, here we are now, 10 years on, and uh, Fergie might be ruining some of those words. But he did have a point at the moment he said it. It's unfortunate how his career has panned out with the injuries, etc., yeah. etc. Et um, promise, uh, as you say, Rob, he was, he was highly rated when he joined United. Went yeah. okay at the start, but it just... It's not not gone to plan, unfortunately, for Phil Jones. No. And I would expect that in 2023, he will be released on a free transfer. What about Axel Twenzebi? Because I know mm. you quite like him, don't you? But it's just not worked out. I do like him. And, and, and I don't really understand, again, you know, what's happened with him. What do we know about Axel? Well, he has suffered with some ill health last year. So this is, I think, off the back end of the Ole Gunnar Solskjaer uh, period. He kind of got in the team, didn't he? And started to play well, played right back, played left back, a little bit of centre back. And I remember, the, do you remember there was a European game and he had a shocker. I think it was at left back and he had threw the ball down the line and someone got it. They went and scored straight away. And you saw his confidence just eke out of him. He's a really good technical footballer, but he went to Aston Villa last year, made no impact at all. I think he went to Napoli, was it as well? Was he at Napoli? You know, literally fell off the face of the earth. No one even saw him and hasn't been able to do anything since. So a very strange one. But this is what happens in football, isn't it? You get talented players and talented boys and they come through the ranks and they look good. And then they hit a ceiling much earlier in their career than you would expect. They just don't develop further. So I'm disappointed for for Axel because I really did think he would become a starter at Man United. He, he has that kind of talent and leadership behind the scenes. You spoke to anyone at Man United and they were like, this is the future club captain. He, he, he talks well. He's intelligent. He's got respect in the dressing room. But here we are, what, two, three years on? He's completely absent from Manchester United's plans. Yeah, it's a big shame. I mean, I think that, like you say, Rob, he had a lot of promise coming through the system. But he's 25 in November. That's it. And it's not getting anymore. to the point now where, you, you know, the potential isn't a, it's not a question anymore. You know, it's, it's, yeah. this is time to deliver and it's not happened for him. I do get the feeling though, that is, you know, he will turn 25, but if he does leave on a free transfer uh, next summer, he will have the chance to resurrect his career somewhere else. And yeah. it, it might just take him a few months and then it'll be like, why have you not let him go? Why have you not let him go? You could see that potentially happening, but we don't really know what his level is. Cause like you mentioned there, he's been to Aston Villa, he's been to Napoli, he's not really mm -hmm. played, uh, and a variety of managers, which is a big shame. 
uh, at the highest level, uh, it seems like. Would you keep him, Rob? No. No, like I said, catchphrase is a player useful to you at the moment. Axel isn't. And, and you know, the thing is, Scott, is that the youth behind 25-year-olds, 23-year-olds, 21-year-olds started to catch, starts to catch up. So if you've got someone like Ted and Mengi, and now you're looking at a two and Zabi, I thought those two would be United starting centre-backs. I really did. I thought those two could develop over time together. Has that happened? No, it hasn't. So I still think Mengi, you know, he's at, champ- he's at Championship Club now at Birmingham. There's the opportunity for him to step up in the years ahead. But this is why you've gone out and bought Martinez, because you can't rely on Axel Two and Zabi to help you today. Big shame for Axel. Let's move on to uh, next in my list is Diogo Dalo. Interesting mm. one because mm. I remember we spoke about fullbacks on this podcast numerous times. Uh, I think there was one show where you said all of the fullbacks are awful. <laughs> mm. uh, that was before Malassia arrived. Uh, Alex Tellez has gone. Diogo Dalo has not had the best United career to date, but we're seeing some kind of. I don't want to say resurrection, but like we are, we are seeing him start to fulfill his potential. Although we're we're taking a very small sample period of the last eight games or something like that. But we've we've known for a while. I think Jose Mourinho really talked him up uh, about his potential when he signed. Uh, we've not seen it. He's been understudy to Aaron Wan-Bissaka for the duration of his stay. It seems like, uh, or especially since Ole Gunnar Solskjaer took over. I think it was Antonio Valencia before that might have been. But um, now it seems like Dallo is, he's definitely first choice at the moment, but I think Eric Ten Hag does want another right back. So how would you approach this one? There is an alter, there is a, a trigger option in his deal. I think that was obviously be triggered. Um, we're seeing something from Jogo Dallo at the moment. This is what, what I feel. I, I think what I tweeted about him the other day and I, I praised him and I said that he's doing... Cancello things like we said you know is he, is he you know he's coming central he's going into central midfield he's traveling with the ball a little bit more he's looking after the space a little bit better doing his job better do I trust that at the moment no not yet I want to see 20 30 40 games of it I do think with Delo that he might just be looking over the other side of the pitch at Malaysia and looking at maybe the kind of effervescent nature of his his work of just fighting, that might be having an influence. Because I think the problem was last year when he looked on the inside and he had two slow centre-backs and, you know, kind of, you know, whether Luke Shaw was on or off form at that time. I think those things do collectively affect you. So new contract for him? Probably. But I do also think the Man United will look for a right-back and bring him in. What we're hearing with also Varaman Bissacro, and it is just a regurgitation of what we heard a few weeks ago, is that he's actually quite happy at United at the moment wants to stay. He's said to the manager, I want to fight for my place. And the manager's gone quite like that. So I don't know how much we'll see of Wambasaka in the weeks ahead. He might just be a glorified kind of reserve just to look after Delo if Delo gets injured. But Delo's got an opportunity now, hasn't he? This, this season's a huge opportunity for him to earn a big contract and to become a mainstay at Manchester United. I do wonder if Eric Ten Hag gets his way and is able to buy somebody in January, whether he looks at Durian Timber after the World mm. Cup. And I think that's he can most play at right back and centre back. I think that's the one yeah. that we're looking at there. I don't know whether he sees Timber as a centre back long term, but he can definitely do a job at right back. And those two in competition, I think, might work out. Uh, but we'll see. I mean, what I would do, I'd renew, uh, I'd trigger the extension on Dallow and maybe 
defer it to next summer, see how his season goes, see what other options there are, and yeah. go from there. Yep. Or you could. Tr- or, or this is the thing. If you trigger it for that reason, the issue then, of course, is that the player sits a year out just to get out the club because he's, his value's high. So I think you have to judge it on football, Scott. Like if, if he's playing well, then give him the deal and tie him down. Like don't trigger. Say you know you're worth another three years. We'll give you three years and we'll give you 150 grand a week. Let's see how it works. So I, it's only if he earns it. I think this is what you know talking about all these players it's got to be earned rather than Manchester United fearing losing transfer deals which is how it's been in the past has Fred in the new contract uh, um no no he hasn't like again I think with Fred we saw with him under Ole and also under Ralph Ranick to an extent that you know his running and his kind of heart and all of those things kind of put him above other players who didn't show that heart but does that earn you a contract at the moment? Well, I look at Fred and the first games of the season I've seen under him under Ten Hag, I'm not being very impressed at all. And I don't think the manager is either because he's not really getting those minutes that Scott McTominay is, is he? So now again, for me, I, I wouldn't get automatically give him a contract. Uh, and I think technically, considering he is a Brazilian, supposedly a technical footballer, I think you could probably move Fred on or even get a fee for Fred and find a way for him being out the football club before he go before he expires you have to decide these things i think fred and casemiro might be a complete red herring you know we're hearing like oh you know partners for international football i only seen them for a very very short period of time but for me fred doesn't cut the mustard not if you want to be a top four club that's not what he is as a player i thought fred would actually excel this season under under Ten Hag in some kind of role he just doesn't seem to what ten hag's trying to do with his midfield just doesn't seem to fit it to me Scott yeah. McTominay is the one who's really excelled in the in the deeper position, mm. and Fred's he played one game at number ten, didn't he, in the Europa League, and it just yeah. looked terrible. Lungs, yeah, look, lungs you can train, right? This is the thing you can get people running more by over a period of time. Fred can run, but it's it's up here about understanding, and this is the irony, isn't it, that Scott McTominay gets tons of uh, flack for not being particularly clever up here in terms of football has completely assimilated to this way of playing football as a number eight next to someone like Christian Eriksen, which is not something any of us would have said eight, nine weeks ago. We'd have gone, no, that's not even going to happen. That's not a thing. That's what exactly has happened. So I always think this with managers. New manager comes in. If his ideas don't translate to that player for whatever reason, then eventually it probably do get shown the door because you've got to bring players in that do assimilate. I would actually make the call on Fred at the moment. And we talked about We've, we've mentioned it a few times, and they're top of the league. Arsenal made some decisions on contracts which have been unpopular, which have been write-offs financially. Yeah. United bought Fred for 50-odd million. Yeah. How much are they going to get back for him, even if they did trigger a, an extension on his contract next summer? If he's not playing well, I think it might just be best to, uh, to part ways. But that's just how I feel. Maybe he can prove us wrong, or maybe he can prove me wrong. Uh, but we will see... What goes on there? And you as well. What about Luke Shaw? Oh, Luke Shaw. See, this is the thing with Luke Shaw, isn't it? Like, again, six, eight games ago, Luke Shaw is the first choice left back, isn't he? That's how we look at it. Now, of course, he didn't have a good season last year, but who did? So I don't think you can hold that on him. 
but I think now for him, it's about how he responds to to the 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 challenge of Malassia because Malassia is now the starting fullback. Interesting, we saw Malassia, didn't we? Go to right back the other day, so that he might get minutes on the opposite side of the pitch. If Luke Shaw comes back into form. I think the things with Luke Shaw is because this is contract number what four for him or something like that. That his his wage goes up every time that you sign a new contract. So if you're going to keep Luke Shaw, it's going to cost a ton of money. So if it costs you a ton of money. He can't be sat on your bench. You either sell him or let him go or move on. I get the feeling United might move on. Just get, I've just got this now about Luke Shaw. I think, again, will he really suit the pressing style of Ten Hag? Is that really what he does? Um, he's technically a brilliant footballer. You know, he was only, what was it, two minutes ago, he was scoring a goal in, in the Euros final for England and he was the best fullback in Europe. So, it's not out for for Luke Shaw. He could sign a new deal, but I think you've got to be really careful with it because could you just get a better fullback on 60 or 70 or 80 grand a week? Or are you going to pay Luke Shaw way up in the hundreds? You know, he'd be pushing 200 because this is contract number four. What did Ralph Ranick say about contracts? Bring players in on their first contract who are hungry. Might say Luke Shaw's not as hungry as he once was. We'll see if uh, Terrell Malassia is... Uh, lighting a fire underneath him. What I would do with Luke Shaw at the moment, I think I mentioned there about Fred, I don't think he's the right fit. I think potentially consider ending his deal. I would trigger Luke Shaw's extension, hmm. mainly because uh, you've got Malassia in. Save big on brunch for mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16 ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% lean ground sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca Cola, Pepsi, or 7 Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. But, uh, in, you know, as first choice at the moment, and Luke Shaw has done it for a while. If you can't work with him over the first year, at least you've got a backup option for the second year, and then you can let him go for free in 2024. We'll see. That's what I would do. But, uh, you know, Luke Shaw's got some proving to do, and hopefully we can start seeing the best of him over the course of the next few months. He's got a World Cup. He's been called up to the England squad, much to the uh, chagrin of a few people. Uh, it's not going well for him at the moment, but uh, he's got maybe to stay he fit. Keep his England place. It's know. a bit like Phil Jones. It's a, it's a similar kind of you know eerie kind of con- comparison. He's a really good player. Was was you know best left back in the world at eighteen for his age. You know without a doubt. You know that's what, how he was viewed at Southampton. So, but we are years on, aren't we? We can't keep living in the past. So I think that everyone with Raul, uh, with uh, Eric Ten Hag is now on a complete new footing of how they have to prove themselves. And he's got this guy, Malassia, right in front of him. And Malassia has now taken that place and gone, right, if you don't play well, I will, and I will be the starter, and you can watch me from the bench. So it's difficult times for Luke Shaw. He's got to, he's got to find this year, he's got to have an elite season that proves that he's worthy, just not just of the starting squad, uh, Scott, but actually the full squad. Like, would he even get on a bench at the moment with... Malassia being able to play both sides and Delo playing well. Does it mean that someone like Wambasaka might jump him on the bench for the right-hand side if you can swap fullback? So, difficult time for Luke Shaw. Let's see what happens. Let's move to the goalkeepers because mm. uh, I'm going to do both of them together because I think one is probably... Well, let's say Tom Heaton is probably... Whether you trigger Tom Heaton's extension is dependent on what you do with David Tehir, I would say, because 
We'll see. I mean, David De Gea is on three seven. I think he's on about three hundred seventy-five thousand pounds a week. He's the United's second highest earner. I'm not sure how the fa- lack of uh, Champions League football has affected his his numbers in terms of earnings. Yeah. But he's been among United's best players. He's been their player of the year countless times now, which is bad mm-hmm. for a goalkeeper. Yeah. Um, but he's not. It doesn't strike you as the exact fit for the Ten Hag style of football. Obviously, he's gone through a down period with his form as well. But last year, he was probably United's best player. And, you know, it's just, it's a, this is a weird one because De Gea is not your modern goalkeeper. No. And I, I, didn't, I don't know where I'd go with this, Rob. What would uh, you like, Robert Sanchez, don't you? Brighton. Uh, there's other goalkeepers out there. Is 2023 the summer where they have to address the goalkeeping position? I think the issue with David De Gea, there's several issues, but let's look at just the core ones. The first one is that he's on £375,000 a week. That's a huge issue. The reason why Man United let Paul Pogba go is because they they didn't believe he was worth more money or a renewed deal on that kind of cash, on like the real elite cash. David De Gea is earning more money than virtually every Premier League goalkeeper you could put out there. But you couldn't say that he's better than those goalkeepers now, could you? Now, you could have said that a few years ago when he was winning player of the year and maybe he was, you know, still a shot stopper and United weren't playing out from the back and blah, 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 blah. I do like Robert Sanchez. Robert Sanchez is probably going to cost you a ton of money now just because of the way things are with Brighton. But I think United will let De Gea go for free because you've got to get rid of that wage. You, you, you don't have to do the maths of 375 grand a week times 52 weeks. Yeah, you don't have to be a mathematician to know what that means. So I think that with, with De Gea, it, it will be more of a stylistic change for United over time. I'm still watching him with the ball at his feet and you can see that he's being asked to do certain things and he can do some of them, but he can't do all of them. And then what you have to do is mitigate, don't you? You have to kind of make sure that he doesn't make too many mistakes with the ball at his feet. So what do you do? You go a little bit longer. So I think that this will be a transitional period for Ten Hag with the goalkeeper. And you just said that Tom Heaton. I don't think Tom Heaton's got any connection at all to this at all. I think Tom Heaton came in to, you know... Well, it's just an a, extra body, isn't it? For an extra body, have a cuddle with people, do a little bit of, you know, practice with the goalkeepers and warm-ups and, you know, shot, stops the shots... 35 minutes before kickoff every week when, you know, when the players are warming up, that's kind of his role. So I think he'll be let go. And I think you need a set of goalkeepers now that give you more on the deck. So Robert Sanchez would be fantastic. But between now and then, Scott, in a year, you might just come across a, a younger goalkeeper, early 20s, that you think, yeah, this is your goalkeeper for the next 10 years, technically very good on the deck. And go scout. Use your scouting network. Find a way to get the next goalkeeper. Because I don't think you can give De Gea a new deal because he's not going to take a pay reduction of anything that makes you feel happy. He's not like even if he went down to say two hundred grand a week, could for two hundred grand a week you get a better technical goalkeeper on the deck? Yes, you can. So probably I think that's cheaper than that. <laughs> a lot cheaper. Look, you can get goalkeeper. You get goalkeepers for way under hundred grand who are really, really good. You can do, and I think that that is the the bit that goes against David De Gea because he might get better on the deck, but he's not going to get elite. He's never going to become an Edison and Allison. He's never going to be a Saar. He's never going to be uh, Robert Sanchez. He's never going to be any of those kind of goalkeepers. It's not what he is. So you have to think, cut your losses. Man United, I think, will definitely cut their losses there because it would be ludicrous to give that guy a new contract if he doesn't fit what you need. It's Dean Henderson. 
the one. Well, look, Dino's back in the England squad. Yeah, he's back there. He's only been playing five minutes for Forest. There is always that option that you let one goalkeeper go in De Gea and you welcome back Dean Henderson. Now, today, I don't think either of us would say that we think that Dean Henderson is the correct goalkeeper for Manchester United. He is better on the deck than, than De Gea. We know this. But is he the right personality fit? Is he the right kind of leadership fit that you want at the back? I just don't know yet. And But it's open, isn't it? Because he's under contract to Manchester United. And, you know, does, will he really next year say he has a great year? Will he really want to sign for Nottingham Forest? Let's be honest. I don't think he will. You know, he's done the Sheffield United thing, hasn't he? I think that coming back to United, if De Gea has gone under a new coach, or a coach he's not worked under before, yeah, I think that's a goer. I think that, again, Man United might, might look at that as an economical idea to bring him in. And then maybe bring in another goalkeeper if you Debravica's out the door straight away, that you do then let him work, you know, let Dean Henson work with a younger goalkeeper and you kind of look to the future. Debravka's not going to be on this list because he's on loan. Uh, so yeah. I'm not going not gonna to go into that. But we've done Tom Heaton there as well. Wonder what they do with David De Gea. Do think that the Henderson option, if he has a decent season, is one worth exploring. But is yeah. he the automatically the answer that we know will fix everything for the next five years? I'm not sure. You're not no. sure. Most people not are not sure. No. Uh, not automatically. Uh, that one, we've got to let it play out. I don't know what United will do with De Gea. I think that there's probably some people upstairs who want to keep him. Does Ten Hag want to keep him? I don't think so. Yeah. We'll see. I, I'm that's not sure if people upstairs want to. I'm not sure now. Like, I think that's been the case in the last few years. And he's was seen as a, one of our elite members of the squad. But I, I think now they might be looking at that wage and going, mm, that's problematic when we can go and get a Malaysia type player. I'm going to use him as my example all season long. You know, cheap wages, cheap fee, runs forever, fights and is quality and you can develop. It's kind of the player you want in every position, really, that kind of player. So United have, you know, they bought De Gea when he was 18. You remember? He was 18. He was a boy. He was a kid. And that's the way you should buy your players. You buy them, develop them, and then let's promote them. But I think with David, two left feet, and that's a problem. <laughs> let's, uh, there's two players left. Uh, let's move on to Marcus Rashford. Because mm. there's talk that he's already going to or being lined up for a new deal. Has he done enough early in the season to warrant that? Because homegrown player, you know, um, the romantic story about the United Academy kid who's established himself in the first team. Scored a few goals this season, but also shown himself to be quite limited in the sense of playing back to goal. I don't know whether you agree with that, uh, but... For me, I, I look at Rashford and I know exactly what he is. If you can you know, play him over the shoulder, play him on the shoulder a fair bit, he'll score enough goals for you. But is he an automatic starter for the next five years? I don't think he is. So uh, I think it's a position that United will need to look at strengthening. But what do they do with Marcus Rashford? Um, I think like, it, would, it would be foolhardy, wouldn't it, to say today he's done enough. Like, it, it would just be mad to say he's done enough to earn a contract. Do I think he'll get a contract? Absolutely. Why do I think he'll get get a contract? Well, like you just there talked about his limitations. And I think that this is always quite always the way with the narrative around Marcus Rashford. We always talk about what he's not good at. And we don't ever talk about what he's really good at. So this is the thing. It's about can you use that player to do certain things? Like look at Anthony. We just bought Anthony for 80 odd million. You know, there's lots of things he's not good at. 
But we don't talk about that, do we? We talk about things that he is good at and that we can use him for. So I think with Marcus Rashford, the fact that you've got a player there that can play both on the left and through the centre, you just talked about playing back to goal. I'm not really sure whether Ten Hag's centre-forwards play much back to goal. They're more, they will drop deep and, and join in. But it's not a classical, what I would call Mark Hughes back to goal, where you're backing in. You know what I mean? And that, those days are kind of gone. You, you know, Ronaldo can't do that. Rashford can't do that. Martial's not great at that. Probably better than the other two. But if you want that, you go and buy it. If you want someone who can do that, you've got to go and buy that. And I think we shouldn't kind of judge Marcus on those things. I think what we see, Scott, at the start of this season is that he can do Ten Hag's tactics. He's rapid. He's quick. He can kind of make quick, make quick plays around the box. He likes that kind of game of football. He can play from, come from the left and come inside. But I just think at the moment, I think he's going to be a goal scorer this year because I think he's going to run the centre channel and people like Anthony and Sancho will find him and he'll have opportunities and he can score. And if the manager can develop that striking side of him, hitting the target more often, it does not matter what he's not good at. He'll just do those things every week and he'll score goals and get assists. So for Marcus, I think that I, I do think the deal's in the bag. I don't think Man United have any desire to sell him because he's also a cornerstone of the football club. He's a Mancunian, he's a United supporter, he talks well. You know, we talked before, you know, he feeds the children, he, he talks to prime ministers, does all these things. And Man United do like that as a kind of image thing for a PR side of it. But I also think Marcus. It's turning into the striker that he can become. He wants to be a striker in number nine. So let's see what Ten Hag can do with him because I think you've got that kind of pace. You can get better at hitting the target. You will score goals. I'll use one example before we move on from Marcus. Jamie Vardy. So Jamie Vardy, pre-Leicester winning a title. Jamie Vardy was a four goals a season type striker. That's what he was, four, five, six goals. And when they unlocked him and found a way to use his pace and for him to hit the target, he became a 20-goal-a-season striker. And that was when he was like in his mid-20s, much older. <laughs> it's actually older than Marcus is now. So can you turn Marcus Rashford into that kind of centre-forward? I, I think you can, yeah. I think he's better than Jamie Vardy on the deck with a lot of stuff. And it's just about whether you can get that kind of striking intelligence into a player. Can you teach him? And you can teach those things. It's just whether Marcus can do it regularly. And, uh, and then he'll get his contract. I've never heard that comparison before, but I think it's really spot on. It's just what, what we do in this business. I, I, this is how I, I kind of look at it with, with Jamie Vardy. Because I remember doing, uh, again, I always say this, I did a piece on Jamie Vardy. It was going back years ago. And it was pre-Leicester um, winning the title. And I remember looking at his numbers and all of this. And he was a really, really, like, undesirable centre-forward. Like, you would not have ever considered him for any of the top football clubs. And he just found a way to use his pace to exploit that left channel. So like, he just ran it all day long. And then he decided, oh, I'm going to find how to hit this target now. And he hit the target and he started scoring goals. That's kind of as basic as football gets. That's how it is. You can tell Auntie Martial, don't dither on the ball, take one, one touch, mate, and shoot. That's what you need to learn in that channel. So I think with, this is the whole thing about coaching. We've got a coach that can do that with these players now. I think Marcus and Vardy are, are, are really kind of similar in their skill sets. But it, Marcus is bigger, of course, and taller, and I think a better header of the ball as well, and maybe more defensively aware than Jamie Vardy. But Jamie Vardy made a whole career out of doing this, and he might only have 50% of Marcus's skill and ability. Again, Jamie Vardy is not a player we talk about in things that he can't do. We always talk about the things that he can. Yeah, um, let's see. If he, if he can follow that career path, 
especially in the later... Done all right. Later years. He's done all right, hasn't he? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I think Rashford will end up getting a new deal. We don't know when that will exactly yeah. be, but I think he's definitely an option worth keeping around for the long term. I think he's the one that gets the early deal. So I think he yeah, might be the, the Christmas deal. I think he's the one will be will be celebrated. Five-year contract, huge wages, you know, cornerstone of the club. And then you could use him in different positions, can't you? Left, right, centre. Takes a little bit of the pressure off Sancho, off Martial and off Anthony because you've got this one, you know, player of variety who can do different things for you, but not necessarily has to start games. Last player, Cristiano Ronaldo. Gone in twenty twenty three. Will he will he be gone <laughs> in January? I don't, I don't think there's any doubt that he leaves by next summer. I think he's gone in January. I think he's gone in January because I I think the thing is again is that with his agent, if his agent had kind of said now this is that and this is it for the year and we're okay with this, then cool. But that's not again what what we're hearing. So I think that Cristiano sees the World Cup as his stage, as the world's biggest shot window in the desert. And I think that Cristiano will probably have a good World Cup because this is probably his last one. So will he go out there and smash a few goals in for Portugal? I think he probably will. And that will enter a new market for him. It means that he can go quickly. And I think for Man United, it's a little bit like the De Gea situation. You've got someone on 500 grand a week, big wage, you know, do you just cut your losses? Let's be honest, Scott. Like, we've seen him in recent weeks, and we've both said, haven't we, that he definitely looks like he's buying in, he's making runs, he's kind of closing space and all of this. But he's so perfectly imperfect, yeah? So I think that it will be a case of Man United also coming to the end of the World Cup and thinking, right, if we want to buy some players in this transfer window, we're going to have to spend money. How do we find that money? Well, the money's in Cristiano Ronaldo's pocket in his bank account. So that's how you do it. So, yeah, I think he'll probably be gone early. Um, if not, yeah, he'll stay. But does he? is he a starter? No. He doesn't look happy as it is in terms of, well, maybe he's willing to get on board. But he, this is Cristiano Ronaldo we're talking about. I just replaced the words Manchester United and replaced them with uh, Cristiano Ronaldo. This is Cristiano Ronaldo we're talking about. He's mm. not going to want to sit on the bench no. at 37, 38 years old when he feels like he can play for three, four more years. And, and do you know what, as well, it depends how United season pans out. Because I think if he comes on and starts playing this cameo role from the bench 20, 30 minutes and he still scores goals, still gets numbers, but actually doesn't have to do all of the running, then he might quite like that. He might actually go, do you know what? I still come on. I'm still Ronaldo. I'm still doing Sue and everyone loves me and I still feel appreciated. Does he really think at 38 that he's going to go somewhere and be an automatic starter for a top Champions League club? you got to be joking. It's not real. So look, this is the thing. I think that this narrative, like we know that Chelsea, I think, would have taken, them, taken him if Tuchel wasn't at the club. And that actually has destroyed Tuchel's relationship with Chelsea. So Tuchel's now gone. So would Chelsea want to go back in for him in in the window in the in the in in the after the World Cup or around the World Cup potentially? But his market is tiny for like the best player of all time. He hasn't really got a huge market. So I still think that when he leaves United, it's going to be for one of those mega bucks deals that's got nothing to do with trophies. It's going to be Saudi Arabia or the MLS or something like that where he gets to create something for a year or two with his brand. Uh, he cannot be serious if he thinks he still wants to win the Champions League. He's not a Champions League winning striker anymore. He just isn't. He can score goals, but he is not 
of that level. The top clubs have all got strikers that can run forever, yeah, and score goals. Cristiano can do one of those two things. So that's a difficult situation for him to be in. I think he'll be gone. I think he'll be out the door. And I think Man United would be quite happy to, to take that wage back off him. And I think they would have been, Scott, in the last few weeks as well. I don't think they really wanted to retain him for this part of the season. You've summed it up better than I ever could there, Rob. Uh, I'm pretty much with you there on Cristiano Ronaldo. We've run through nine players who are out of contract in yeah. 2023. Uh, we'll be back again on Friday, perhaps with some more... Uh, timely content i guess uh we'll, we'll we'll see how the international break unfolds we'll look at uh stuff that man united players have said because there's bound to be some uh developments there uh, any final thoughts Rob, before we uh part today no just to wrap up the cristiano bit we do we you touched it at the start that bruno fernandez has done an, an interview uh, and kind of got into quite depth about some things but one of the things that kind of jumped out on me when i said off air to you was the ralph ranick comment where he said ralph ranick had tactics but his tactics and his pressing didn't suit some of us i think the sum was a certain number seven I think that's the truth. And I think Bruno tried to cover it up quite well last year and that damaged his game. So I think going forward, you are not going to see Eric Ten Hag try and cover anything up. It's not going to happen. You're going to see players leave instead and that includes Cristiano. So I think that that's, a, that's, a, well, that's one to watch now, isn't it? Because there's only a few months to the World Cup. Like we, we're almost going to be start working on it soon. It's going to feel like the World Cup is on our doorstep. It's, a, it's part of the industry. It's going to be a weird thing. It's so weird. Yeah, and it's weird because it's actually a slower build-up to any World Cup I've ever known. So, like, in, in years gone by where you do the Summer World Cup, you kind of, you're working on it a few months before at the end of a season and you're looking at players and if they're going to get injured and, you know, who's doing this, who's doing that. The World Cup is here already. And players know that. So there will be some players going, got to look after myself. That's why I think Ronaldo might be going, well, you know, two months on the bench if I score 10 goals. I'll be happy off, off the bench. And maybe I'll let Marcus go do the running. Maybe I'll let Anthony Martial go do the running. But I'm going to World Cup because I know that's where my bread is buttered. So I think we'll see that now. And I can't believe the World Cup is so close, but yet it still seems so far. Yeah, Rob, thank you very much for today's show. Good to chat. As always, you can subscribe to our show wherever you get your pods on Apple, Google, Spotify and the likes. And watch us twice a week on YouTube on Tuesdays and Fridays as well. So head over to the channel, hit like, subscribe, join the community and leave a comment. Which players of these nine that we've talked about today would you keep? Which ones would you let go? Which ones would you renew uh, for an extra year to make your mind upon. The link should be in the description of this episode if you're listening on one of those audio platforms as well. And follow us on Twitter at underscore Scott Saunders, at underscore Rob underscore B, and at Promise and MU for the show. Rob, thank you very much. I'll see you soon. Thank you very much for listening, everyone. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.